And I'd like to give a reading this morning from 1 Samuel chapter 13, starting at verse 1, and it says, Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul in, in uh, sorry, Michmash, and in the mountains of Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent away, every man to his tent. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines, that was in Geba. And the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. Now all Israel heard it said that Saul had attacked the garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel had also become an, an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul at Gigal. And the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people, as the sand which is on the seashore is, multi is a multitude. And they came up and encamped in Michmash to east of Beth Aven. And the men of Israel saw they were in danger, for the people were distressed. Then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad in Gilead. And saw he was still in Gigal, and all the people followed him trembling. Then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gigol, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gigal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom should not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord had commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. 
Then Samuel arose and went up from Gigal to Gibeah of Benjamin, and Saul numbered the people present with him, about 600 men. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. As you know, we've, we've just had an awesome time over Easter where we've celebrated the death and the resurrection of Christ. And I love that little part there in Scripture when the ladies go to visit the tomb of Christ. And it just shows me these ladies have a heart for the Lord. He was dead, but they had a heart. They had a compassion. They wanted to do one last act of devotion. They wanted to anoint the body of Christ. And all through the scriptures, we find these men and these women who have a heart after God. And did you know that David in the Bible, he had a heart after God? Who was David? Well, David, he was a shepherd. He was a hunter. He was a warrior. He was a king. He was a poet. He was an actor, a champion. He was an outlaw, a ladies' man. He was a musician, a prophet, a worship leader, an adulterer, a murderer, a brother, a husband. He was a son. He was a parent. He was a builder, an administrator, and he was an ancestor of Jesus but he was also a man after God's own heart. Now, here we have Samuel the prophet. And he said to the king Saul, he said, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord commanded him to become commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord had commanded you. We notice here such a difference between the heart of King Saul and the heart of David. Here in verse 14, it reveals that David was God-centered. Yes, David, he wasn't a perfect man. He did not always get it right. He completely messed up at times. But his heart, it was focused on going in the right direction. He was focused on the Lord. He was focused on a relationship with the living God. When you look into the Psalms, see how personal they are. David, he cried out, he sung out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? I lift up my eyes to the mountains, from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. The Psalms have this sense here of belonging to God, a sense of knowing God, a sense of walking with God in an intimate relationship with Him. There is a sense of heart here as David calls out to my God. It's personal. 
It's a, a heart that has God in the center. King Saul, in verses 6 to 14, his heart had become so self-centered, doing what he thought was right in his own eyes. He's putting his own plans into action. His self-centeredness. Do you know, it made him jealous of David. Until in, in battle, Saul fell on his own sword. Saul, in his, his heart had become so hard, he commits suicide. You see, self-centeredness, it kills faith. It kills a work of the Holy Spirit. It kills a church. When our hearts become so selfish, we just want our plans to be done. See, Saul's heart, because of selfishness, he becomes jealous and it opens the door to disobeying God. And once you start disobeying God, verse 13, you become a fool. You acted foolishly, Samuel said. You've not kept the command of the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. When our hearts get selfish, when we disobey God, when we become jealous, we come, become like a fool. And we miss the intimacy. We miss the holiness of entering into the presence of God. And Saul, he starts off doing well. But he fell into the trap of I did it my way. Here in chapter 13, Saul is doing things his way. He would not wait patiently on God. Saul did not want to work with Samuel the prophet. He didn't want to obey God. Oh, when my heart gets selfish, I do not want to work with my brothers and my sisters. When my heart gets selfish, I do not want to work with God. I want to do things my way. Why? Because I want to be in control. I want to have the preeminence. I want to seem like I've got the power and I'm in full authority. So what happens is one offers up a false sacrifice. And disobeys God because God cannot work with a heart like that. Because he and Saul, he gets into trouble because he offers a sacrifice that he was not supposed to offer. He was self-centered. He's unrepentant. He's proud. And pride and selfishness, it kills the Christian church today. Saul had allowed his heart to become so hard. And what frightens me is in 1 Samuel 16, 14, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Would we recognize it if the Holy Spirit left us? Would we recognize it if we didn't come into the Holy of Holies and meet with the living God? God wanted a heart to follow him, a heart to please him. I always remember Dr. Clinton saying, few leaders finish well. Few leaders finish well. 
We need to guard our hearts. If we want to be what God wants us to be, if we want to be a man or a woman of faith, a hero of faith, with a strong testimony, showing the grace and the mercy of God working through us, we must keep our hearts open before God and we must dethrone ourselves and enthrone the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, in Acts 13, verse 22, it says, After removing Saul, he made their king David. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. David may have been good-looking with beautiful eyes, on the outside, yet it was on the inside was what impressed God. Both Saul and David, they knew God. The key difference was when David sinned, when David messed up, he got on his face and he repented. Saul became hard in his sin. David became more pliable as he realized the sinner that he was. And when you realize what you are in the presence of God, you will say, Lord, mold me, change me. You are the potter, I am the clay. You do what you want with my life, whatever it is. Maybe. This is why David's life is covered in four books of the Bible. 66 chapters with 59 New Testament references to his life. So much space is dedicated to David in the Bible, a man after God's own heart. Maybe we should study his life a little more because God wants to teach us how to have a heart after God. When we look at David's repentance, I love Psalm 51. If there's any psalm in the Bible you need to get engrafted into your soul, it is Psalm 51. In Psalm 51, it was repentance from the heart. It wasn't just, oh God, forgive me, I've messed up. It was weeping and wailing before the altar, before the throne of God, as he pours his heart out to the Lord. His repentance, it came from his heart. David knew grief. He knew the pain of sin. He knew the condemnation and he knew the shame and he knew the only way to get free from it was by pouring his heart out to the Lord. He knew, verse 10, his heart had to be clean. And verse 17 a broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. If your heart is broken, God's not going to throw you away. When David prayed, create in me a clean heart, O Elohim, David saying, God, do more than cleanse me. Do more than purify me. 
by an act of your creative power, by an act of the dunamis, the miraculous working power of God, put a new heart in me. Put a clean heart in me. Renew a right spirit within me. David is asking for a new, entire mentality. He is asking for a new moral nature. He is asking God, let all of my desires, let all everything within me go in your direction because I have this new heart. So often we fall into sin because our desire is so strong for it. And what we need is a greater desire for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives that to us by giving us a new heart. To desire the Lord with all of our strength and with all of our might. David is asking God, give me a new nature. Because he knows his nature is so corrupted. He knows that work of sin within him. He knows it led him into adultery. He knows it led him into murder. He knows it led him into lies and deceit. This is a man who acknowledges what he is really like. And he is helpless to change unless a miracle happens. And God does not take his Holy Spirit from David. It happened to King Saul. David knows this can happen. He knows it's the worst thing that could happen to him. And now David is afraid God will withdraw himself. He needs God to restore the joy of his salvation. He needs God to uphold him with his generous spirit. So that when he's tempted to sin, he's fortified by the spirit of God. And he can resist the sin and he knows the joy of what it is to be in the presence of God. David here needs God's salvation in his life. He needs deliverance from the power of sin. He needs safety from sin's work. And he wants the joy in salvation restored. Because being snared in sin is miserable. The flesh, the sin, had said to David, David, hey, go sleep with Bathsheba. No one will know. No one will find out. Just go sleep with her. The people, they, the people soon found out. God revealed David's sin to Nathan the prophet. You see, your sin lies to you. Your sin, it deceives you. You can never keep it quiet. Your sins will find you out. And sin, it destroys lives. It destroys families. It destroys kingdoms. It destroys nations. David's heart told him, David, You need a new heart because you cannot change yourself. His joy in God had gone. 
He needs the Spirit's power to stop him and save him from falling into sin. But David knows he needs God's Spirit so much. He knows he's offended a holy God. And in it, he wants to teach transgressors God's ways so that sinners can be converted, verse 13, so that sinners can turn to God because he knows the misery of sin. David knows what it is to be far away from God, to be isolated from God. He knows his heart's desire deep down is to go God's way so he can lead others into knowing God. He can lead somebody who is so rebellious and in sin into the Holy of Holies and into the presence of God. A transgressor is a rebel. That's what David has been. And he wants to go to the other rebels and bring them in the right direction back to God so that they too can have a clean heart, they can have a new heart, and they can know the joy and the power and the presence of God. A sinner is one exposed to condemnation. David's saying, let the condemned be saved. Oh, let them be freed from sin. Let them be full of the Holy Spirit. Let them walk in the beauty of holiness. Let them hunger and pant as the deer pants for the water. Let them long for God. To know the move of God, to know his presence, to know his awesomeness. There is nothing like it on earth. And when God is present, you feel uncomfortable. There's nothing comfortable about being in sin and in the presence of God and it causes you to fear, to tremble and to weep before God as the Holy Spirit touches your heart and convicts your heart so you get right with God and you get a new heart. You see, David's heart, <coughs> David's spirit, verse 17, is broken. In fact, it is broken in pieces. It's shattered. It's torn apart, literally. And that's what sin does. And a heart-seeking God honestly confronts what is there and turns to God. Rescued. Because he cannot change himself. Rescued. Because we cannot change ourselves. You know, amazing. You look at a man in history like St. Augustine. Before he was converted, we would have said he was a sex addict. And God breaks into his life and changes his desire and puts him on the right road. God has the power to turn people around. You see, David's Leviathan pride is smashed. And it is replaced with humility and repentance. Spiritual growth always includes some discomfort. As the Holy Spirit was given to comfort and convict in John 16 verse 8. Like David, 
we must figure out how to let the Spirit of God make us aware of what he sees. When David faced Goliath, he knew that God was bigger. He goes out, he faces Goliath, he takes five stones with him in case David's brothers turn up. He knew his God could take out Goliath's five brothers as well. See, when we see the problems, we see our own heart, are we seeing that God is bigger and God can transform? Or do we just see a problem and we hide away? David knew and saw what he was truly like because he dared to look into his heart openly before God and it became extremely uncomfortable and painful. David became absolutely honest before God. Often when the Holy Spirit begins to search us, what do we do? We run. What do we, where do we run to? Oh, we get busy in work. We, we put in overtime so we don't have to face what God's trying to teach us. Or, or we get into sport big time. Or we drink. Or we lust. Or we just turn on the TV to escape the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts. You see, God's all-knowing depth. God plunges, if you like, into the depth of our soul. And he really brings up what is in there. He reveals the self-deceit, which is so powerful. But you know what we do as Christians? When we run from God, I tell you, and I do this, I pray God gives me strength to overcome this. But when God is trying to convict me and show me his right way to go, you know, I'll go to the prayer meeting. I look good in the prayer meeting. I'll go into the Bible study. To do Bible study. We do everything right. We say what is right. We look okay. But what is it? It's a religious rigidity that keeps us from really having a heart relationship with God. And we hide behind a smokescreen of Christianity when God is wanting to break in so that we have a heart after his own heart. And we truly, truly bless him. Because in that brokenness and in knowing God, the Holy Spirit's love pours forth and then we are able to love one another as we truly should. Are we truly loving? Do we truly represent Christ? So often we don't. It's because our hearts are selfish. We're blinded by self-deceit. We hide behind religiosity. And we no longer enter into the Holy of Holies and meet with God and allow Him to transform and change our hearts. I tell you, when you get honest and you come just as you are before the throne of God, before his mercy seat, and you open up your heart, and you're broken. You know what? Your relationship goes deeper. 
It goes so, so deep because the Spirit of God can go deep into your soul and in your spirit. It can confront what is truly there. It can confront the selfishness. And as you surrender all to Him, you begin to move in His holiness and you have that clean heart and you know that you are right with God. And as you move and walk and live and have your being in Him, so it overflows and it touches other people and it blesses them. Because you know you're not judging others. You're not condemning others. You're not putting them down because you know what you are in your heart of hearts and it has been changed by a work of God. And as that happens, the joy of the Lord is restored. That deep, deep calmness in Christ is given. See, David knew the true mercy. He knew he didn't deserve God's grace. He knew the true love of God. And David could walk in obedience, confident in God, because he'd known the deeper you go in repentance, the greater the joy of your salvation the greater the love you have for the Lord Jesus Christ. David, what does his heart lead him? How does it lead him? It leads him to study the law of the Lord. It leads him into prayer. It leads him into worship. I'm not talking about just singing songs. I'm talking about a heart that's broken before God and worshipping God just to glorify him just to touch the hem of the garment of Christ in worship. And David, he would pray with tears and he would also pray with smiles. His heart and mind were set on God whom he loved. So I challenge you. I want everyone here this week to genuinely and authentically pray through Psalm 51. Asking God to go deeper into their heart. Asking the Holy Spirit to go so deep into the deepest recesses of the soul to show you what you are really, really like, what is absolutely there. See, David prayed in Psalm 139. He said, search me and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me. Search me and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me. And be honest with yourself and God. See clearly the things of the Holy Spirit you must. The heart, as David knew it, is so deceitful. Get to grips with your heart. Don't hide behind how good and nice we think we are. If you want a deeper walk with God, you have to let him in on his own terms. David allowed God's heart surgery and it broke him. He really, really saw what he was like. 
and he knew how God restored him with a clean heart, with a new heart. I do not know what is in your hearts, but I do know that God wants to go deeper. And if you want to be heroes of faith, you've got to have a new heart. You've got to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ to love him and one another as he loves. To be his hands and feet in this community, you can only do it with a new heart. When the family is broken, when the family is smashed, what is the answer? It is a new heart. When a society is broken, a new heart is needed. Our God he desires obedience rather than sacrifice. May we open our hearts to his spirit and allow him to search. Amen.